come on in the water. Hey everybody, this is Sharkbait, and this is Sharkbait's Chumline Podcast for Tuesday, July 2nd, 2013. On today's show, we're going to be talking to Jeanette Mundus, or Jenny Mundus. She is the widow of legendary shark uh, fisherman, the monster man, Frank Mundus, and a lot of people uh, know him as the... Uh, basis for the character of Quint in Jaws, but what a lot of people don't realize is all the shark conservation that he was actually into. So on today's podcast, we're going to be talking to Jenny, and we'll get her take on uh, how she got um, hooked with uh, with Frank, if you don't, if you pardon the, the horrible pun there, how she uh, hooked up with Frank. And on the next podcast, we're going to do part two, where she's going to be talking about some of the conservation stuff that not a lot of people realize that Frank was into. Uh, we're also going to be looking at some other things that are going on in the shark world, uh, one of which is the, uh, the NOAA proposals to amend the, uh, the Shark Conservation Act and some of the things going on there. I'll, I'll put some links up um, so you can decide for yourself uh, whether or not it's something you want to support. It's something that kind of takes a look at, it, it basically comes down to state and federal boundaries. Um, there's some confusing language in there. A lot of people think it has to do with the act of shark finning. And as I take shark finning, it means the, you know, slicing off of fins at sea. And the the amendments to this change really don't have to do with that. It, it has to do with the trade of the fins. And that, that's what's coming into question here is what is being done with the fins once they're landed in these state ports. And, of course, we're talking about... The, uh, the, the coastal states, so you're talking about all of the uh, West Coast and some of the East Coast who have recently passed these bans. Okay, so we'll talk about that after uh, the break, and also um, Shark Week has uh, released their schedule, so we'll take a quick rundown and a quick look at what Shark Week on Discovery Channel has in store for us this year. So, without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Jenny Mundus. Thank you to Jeanette Munda. She's on Sharkbait's Chumline podcast today. Thank you for joining us, Jenny. Thanks, Scott. Now, just to get a little bit of background here, you were uh, married to Frank Mundus, the infamous, I guess he called himself the monster shark hunter. Is that correct? Is that how he liked to be named? Uh, the monster man. The monster man. Yes. So how did you get involved with Frank? Okay, uh, back in the spring of 1988, I wrote him a letter uh, picking his brains about sharks. And um, he wrote back, and in the, his reply, he said, if you want to know more, write back. So we started a correspondence, and we talked so much about sharks. He said, listen, I don't have time to sit down and write letters, so I'm going to send you audio tapes, and we can exchange tapes through the mail. And this is what we did for about six months. And then he invited me over to come and see him in Montauk. And so I came over and I spent some time with him. And eventually we got married. And that was how we uh, came to be together. Wow. So obviously when you say come over, you're, you're coming over from the United Kingdom. Well, where, where in the UK were you from? Okay, uh, I was from a town called Birkenhead, which is just outside of Liverpool, but I wasn't living there at that time. I was okay. living down in, Corn in Cornwall, but that's where I was originally from. Okay, so you were in Cornwall at the time when you started corresponding with Frank? Yes. Okay, so, so you did spend some time in Montauk. Uh, yes, I was there three years. Um, we moved down here in 1991, so I was there in Montauk from 88 through 91. 
<laughs> what did you think of Montauk? Uh, I didn't really get to spend much time in Montauk in traveling around it because when Frank fished, I stayed at home and booked the charters. So uh, I didn't really see a lot of the place. And then in the winter, we came down to Hawaii. So uh, I only saw it for part of the year. Okay. So eventually, then I guess in 91 is when you went to Hawaii for good, I guess? Yes, it was. I think it was November of 91. We came down here for good. Now, again, where is here? It's in Hawaii, but which, which are the uh, islands? Yes, uh, this is the big island, uh, the largest one in the chain. Okay, and refresh my memory. I'm bad with geography. Which one is that? Uh, it's it's known as the Big Island. Oh, okay, all right. Name, but yeah. Basically, you guys have a had a farm there. You still have the farm? Uh, yes, we we when we came down here, we lived in the village of Kealia, and we had a small farm where we grew tropical fruit. But Frank uh, got itchy feet and wanted to move further and further from civilization, so we came even further south on the island. And uh, we ended up on a remote farm where we've raised sheep, and I continue to do that. Okay, is that now? Is that what you you do? Your profession is farming. Uh, I also work outside of the farm as well. I help my friend at her goat ranch, and I also do uh, lawn care work as well. Okay. Now, did you have any farming background before you started this, or was this kind uh, of a joint venture you and Frank decided to take yeah, on? Yeah, I was. Pretty much thrown in at the deep end, Frank, too. Uh, neither of us knew anything about sheep, but uh, we soon found out the hard way. <laughs> so now, when you first met Frank, had you known much about the history of who he was and what he is, you know, basically known for? Uh, I, I knew he was known for catching big sharks and that he was uh, a loner and he was um, a down-to-earth guy. So this is why I wrote to him asking him questions about sharks and shark behavior, because I figured if anyone would reply, Frank would, maybe the scientists might not. But at least I could, you know, find out more from a person who has hands-on experience with them. Right. Now, what kind of questions did you have for him? Uh, I also asked him, uh, one question was, was the 34, 27-pound white shark a ratified record? And I just wanted to ask him just the day-to-day behavior, how aggressive sharks are, different species, and has he ever been in a serious situation with any, uh, things like that. But we just uh, started talking about all kinds of things eventually. Okay. We, we progressed from sharks onwards. Now, did you have any interaction with the movie Jaws at all? Did you know about that connection? Uh, a little bit. I knew that he, uh, th- they supposedly based the character of Quint on Frank, and, but uh, he'd never been able to get confirmation from Peter Benchley about that. Uh, Frank had always said he'd wanted to meet some of the cast of Jaws, but he never really got an opportunity until later when he met Roy Scheider. I think it was in 19, uh, 2006, 2007. Okay, now was that when he did the... Because uh, I he, believe, he never got the opportunity. Did he actually get to meet Roy? Because I know, I guess Roy did oh. the narration for the... Yeah, he actually... Especially did on uh, Shark Week, I guess. Yes, yes, and uh, he got to meet him at another event where there was a screening of Jaws in the Hamptons, and I think Steven Spielberg and Roy Scheider were present, Okay. and a friend of Frank's by the name of Chris Kiska managed to introduce the two of them, because Frank had always wanted to meet Roy Scheider. 
he was a good guy, Roy. I uh, I met him on a few occasions, and he was a, he's a he was a pretty down to earth guy as far as the actors go. Yeah, he seems like it, and, and some of the candid interviews that I've seen of him. Now, you and Frank wrote a book, uh, Fifty Years a Hooker. Was that yeah. the first kind of collaboration that you had done with Frank? Uh, yes, that was in 1998. After his first heart surgery, uh, we decided to sit down and write it because it was good therapy for him to focus on something and in, during his recovery process. And he'd always wanted to tell his life story from his perspective, you know, in the first person. Right. And that's what we used when, you know, he and I collaborated on his autobiography. So how long did it take to write that? Uh, it took us about five years because on and off we had to stop for various things. Uh, in the summers he would go to fish in Montauk and uh, there was all kinds of things that would uh, you know pop up and we'd have to put down our pens. But uh, we just kept pushing forward until we completed it. Okay. It, um, now with him coming back and forth to Montauk, did he do that frequently? Uh, I think most summers he would go to Montauk to fish, and he was trying to sell his boat in the later years, okay. so that was one reason he kept returning to try and network with people who might be interested. Okay, because I, yeah, I saw him the first time in 2007, and that's when the Shark Brothers owned it. And then the following uh, year... Actually, yeah, actually, uh, just to correct you, they didn't own the boat. Oh, they, they didn't? They wanted, no, oh. no, they didn't. Uh, they wanted to uh, film a series of programs with Frank, right, but okay. uh, it never quite happened. But they uh, did some uh, – when Frank um, repossessed the boat from a previous owner who had defaulted on the payments, uh, they went down as part of the recovery team uh, to uh, bring the boat back, and um, that's how they became involved initially. Okay. Okay, for some reason, yeah, I, I guess I'm mistaken. Obviously, I, I thought they actually owned that they had owned it, and then somehow between 2007 and eight, Frank had uh, repossessed it. But uh, uh, no, no. Okay. Now, do you have any idea what? I mean, I know it got auctioned off in 2009, and last I heard, it was in pieces because they, I guess, tried to refurbish it, and it didn't didn't take any. Did you uh, did you ever follow up on what happened to the cricket too? Uh, yeah, the most recent word I heard was from the the current owner, the same guy who purchased it at auction, and he said there are plans to donate it. So I don't know if it's returning to Montauk mm. or where, but that, that's all he said. Because I know there so, was a push out in Montauk. A few of the uh, marina owners out there had actually wanted to look into having the town, I guess, donate a parcel of land and kind of have the cricket too as kind of a, I guess a museum, but also kind of a you know, museum, history of Frank, but just in general, just the fishing that, that Montauk stands for. So uh, hopefully that's what there may happen to it. It may end up there, I'm not sure, but it sounds like it to me. I don't know for certain though. Right. Um, have you ever thought about maybe adding on to the 50 Years of Hooker? Kind of like a quick little add-on as far as the, the last few years? Um, Frank and I were going to do that, you know, together. But um, after he passed away, I, I was just so, um, you know, it was just such a big loss that I, I just, I lost heart in writing for quite a while. Now, how, do people still, do you still find people have an interest in Frank? That people still like, 
order the book, <clears throat> get you know, T-shirts, or visit the website? Uh, yes, certain times of the year. Uh, once summer approaches, I start getting orders for books and T-shirts. But not at the same volume as when Frank was here and when he used to go to New York and he would sell books and shirts in person right. on the dock. Okay, thank you. Uh, thanks goes to Jenny for that part of the interview. And, uh, you know, just tune in for the second part of it. Um, okay, right now we're just going to look into the uh, Shark Week on Discovery Channel. It's starting on uh, Sunday, August 4th. Um, and some of the newer ones this year it's going to be Sharkopolis and it's following year of shark encounters closely followed by the media the program exa examines the trend of sharks moving in closer shorelines and debates whether there is a connection between declining shark populations and the increase in shark attacks Return of Jaws Shark Cam is a robot submarine that is used to track sharks in a new and exciting way Return of Jaws includes spectacular footage of Shark Cam following great white sharks living and hunting off the shores of Cape Cod. Footage of a 17-foot great white is seen at close range over a five-hour period as the shark hunts seal colonies, comes close to shore in less than four feet of water, and takes a chilling interest in one specific area. In Megalodon, the monster shark lives. Discovery brings Shark Week viewers on the search for a massive killer great white shark responsible for a rash of fatalities off the coast of South Africa. One controversial scientist believes that the shark responsible could be Megalodon, a 60-foot relative of the great white that is one of the largest and most powerful predators in history. Our oceans remain 95% unexplored, and this massive prehistoric predator has always been shrouded in secrecy. But after a rash of newly discovered evidence, authorities are forced to investigate whether this predator, long thought to be extinct, could still be lurking in our deepest oceans. Okay, we're going to take a slight tangent off of this. Uh, I haven't really taken a quick or close look at these. I don't like the way this one sounds. <laughs> this sounds a lot like the infamous mermaid show. Uh, so we're going to have to keep a close look on that one. Oh, I don't like the way that's going at all. Okay, I escape Jaws. The program features yet another Shark Week first as we utilize for the first time real shark attack footage captured by eyewitnesses. Viewers experience harrowing first-hand accounts from everyday people who stared into the jaws of a shark and survived. Some used their wits, some relied on experience, and all lived to share their chilling stories. Voodoo Sharks A lesser-known shark hotspot is explored in Voodoo Sharks, where bull shark populations have moved beyond oceans and U.S. coasts to the bayous of Louisiana. Nicknamed voodoo sharks by local shrimp fishermen, these bull sharks have the extraordinary ability to live in both salt and freshwater environments. They show up by the hundreds in the bayous of Louisiana and create more than just confusion for those who encountered them for the first time. Great White Serial Killer Natural History producer Jeff Kerr returns to Shark Week after 2011's Emmy-nominated Ultimate Air Jaws and 2012's Air Jaws Apocalypse. In Great White Serial Killer, Kerr sets out to examine two fatal shark attacks near Vandenberg Air Force Base in California, using evidence found at both sites to try to determine if one shark is responsible for both attacks. Air Jaws Beyond the Breach Another Air Jaws, great. 
Airdrop's programming has pushed and expanded our understanding of great white sharks becoming one of the iconic Shark Week programs. In Airdrop's Beyond the Breach, a documentary crew goes behind the scenes to see how Airdrop's has changed what we know about these incredible creatures and gives viewers a sneak peek into the next Airdrop's special, Finding Colossus, which will air during Shark Week 2014. Wow! another air jaws let me know what you think of these because i am getting sick of air jaws okay spawn of jaws program follows a scientist on the brink of breaking of a breakthrough as it reveals the life cycle of the great white shark for the first time including mating and pupping the great white gauntlet program explores the dangers of abalone driving which can be both lucrative and dangerous as it happens in one of the deadliest shark feeding grounds in the world one that is regularly frequent by great white sharks. And shark, sharks behaving badly. Program is a humorous look at fishermen, surfers, and bathers who've encountered sharks and live to laugh about it. We'll take a close look at the multiple shark encounter videos on YouTube using forensic analysis and other elements to demonstrate the best behaviors when encountering a shark. Top 10 Shark Down. Program updates the international shark attack files for the 21st century, taking a closer look at the sharks you don't want to meet this summer and the ones you're most likely to encounter. Finally, Alien Monster Sharks. Program follows American and Japanese scientists as they descend into the deepest and darkest unexplored oceans on Earth in search of some of the more incredible and bizarre sharks on the planet, from the goblin, goblin shark to the elusive giant megamouth shark. Okay, and that's it for the listing. Um, I actually like the sound of the last one, Alien Monster Sharks, and we'll, we'll discuss it as Shark Week gets uh, closer, but I think that's uh, something that they need to start doing, is stop looking at the same sharks, and my god, the Air Jaws thing, I, I don't know if I can handle another one. I think it's magnificent, I'll actually watch it, and I'll watch it, and be like, wow, that's amazing, but I don't know, every year when I see Air Jaws, I, I get a, a cringe, and but I think Alien Monster Sharks is going to be good because it's going to open up, hopefully, if it's done correctly, some people to the the uh, variety that there are in the sharks. Um, and also this year is going to be a um, Shark After Dark, which is going to be a late night show after uh, the shows. So the show will air each evening of Shark Week with highlights from the day's programming and guests, including shark experts and shark attack survivors. Okay, so... Thanks for tuning in. Um, again, I'll get some of that information up as far as the uh, the NOAA proposals on amending the Shark Conservation Act. And uh, hopefully stay tuned, and we'll try to get you the, uh, hopefully soon, the second part to that shark, uh, the, the sit down with Jenny Mundus. Um, I'll also be talking about the, um, that upcoming Shark Eyes, Shark's Eyes uh, fishing tournament out in Montauk coming uh, July 27th, 28th. Uh, report, uh, I guess a new thing just came out yesterday, so we'll go over that. So, as always, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Sharkbait in Podcasts. Check out all the podcast resources on the blog, uh, www.sharkbhumline.blogspot.com or the alternate site, which is... Uh, sharkbaitpod.com uh, like us on Facebook search for Sharkbait's Chumline and you can follow me on Twitter at SharkBHum as always always looking for those emails want to know what you guys think um, if you've got ideas for the show 
uh, people we can contact for interviews. I'm trying to turn this into mostly an interview show. And in the coming episodes after Jenny's, I'm going to be talking to some uh, people who got kind of uh, turned on to sharks because of Jaws. So send an email at sharkbait at sharkbaitpod.com. Okay, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. And Mr. Finn, what do you got to say? Shark, shark.